You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! <laughs> it was really forced. It's not. It's Christmas time. I know. How's it going? How is your, uh, well, it's Christmas Day today. What do you think you're doing on Christmas Day? Um, hanging out with you probably. Cool. Watching some TV maybe. Cool. Eating some food. I'm full. So full from Thanksgiving, <laughs> oh but it's probably delicious. So Kelly, we are here today to talk about a very special, it's a, this is a very special episode. Is it? It is. So I don't know what traditions you grew up with in your household or if you celebrated Christmas. I don't know anything about your life. About I don't really know who you are. Christmas? Amazing. But today we are here to set new Great. traditions. Yeah, that's the word. And this tradition I thought was going to be worse than it was, but it ends up being kind of delightful. We are here today to talk about Christmas in the Heart, Bob Dylan's 2009. For some, an abomination. For some, a normal record. For some, a cash-in. <laughs> But he's giving it to charity, so joke's on you, I guess. I don't know. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, ran down Santa Claus today. Fixing and fixing and old as reindeer, pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings, say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Kelly, how did you feel with uh, Christmas in the Heart? I didn't hate it. Um, I like Christmas music, though, and I think that's the that's biggest... That's difference between us. Yeah, I don't problem really that you had, because you were like, this album is fucking garbage, <laughs> before we listened to it, because yeah. uh, you had heard it before. But I didn't hate it. I, there were definitely parts that were worse than others, but all around it wasn't... Because I like Christmas songs, and Bob Dylan wants to sing So you liked his songs. versions of them? They, they, yeah, for the most part. They worked. Some of them. Some worked. of them, the arrangements were not for me, and his voice is really rough on some of them. But. Yeah. I The thing that I took away, I guess we should say it straight off the bat, it's probably best um, to, we're going to be talking about the songs in relation to other more famous Christmas songs that you guys probably know and love. We have a big playlist for Christmas. Bob Dylan is the bassist, and then we sort of add in as we go, you know, with his version and then other people's versions. I liked taking this whole thing as a whole, I like that Bob Dylan plays Christmas straight. There's like sounds of jingle bells, slide guitars, and it feels like you're actually out in the snow and Santa's coming. I compare that to stuff like Christina Aguilera and Gladys Knight and the Pips. I mean, it is, they just take a Christmas song, wild the fuck out on it. Like, yeah, you guys are fucking talented. You know how to sing. Great. Thank you. Thanks for that. Mariah Carey. We get it. But they just wild out. If it doesn't feel like a Christmas song, 
It's just them flexing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And Mariah Carey. Yeah. Okay. All of them. Whitney yeah. Houston. I mean, yeah, they all yeah. have – they basically just – they take Christmas as a moment to flex and to make a ton of money. So I appreciate that it's not a portion of this – the funds are going somewhere. It is all of it. Bob Dylan makes no money. For somebody that we've talked about being a stickler, for Woody Guthrie not putting, you know, this land is your land on the – uh, the Rolling Thunder bootleg because mm. he doesn't want to share any royalties. It is nice that he's at least, you know, he's giving the money to uh, Feeding America and to the United Nations World Food Program and for overseas ones. So all of it in perpetuity. That's like nice. our listens on Spotify are going to help to feed, I mean, the four cents that we generated are going to feed someone, which does feel good. So I want to shout out the musicians before we go on. Um, this guy, Bob Dylan, he plays the vocals, the guitar. Every time you say Bob Dylan for a second, I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Uh, electric piano and harmonica. I I don't offhand know where the harmonica came I from. didn't clock it. I, I don't doubt that it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gardner has uh, uh, been in the band for a long time. He plays bass. we got George Recaille playing drums and percussion. Donnie Heron on the steel guitar, the mandolin, the trumpet, the violin. David Hidalgo, who's been in the band for a long time as well, playing that accordion like a boss, uh, guitar, mandolin, and violin. Uh, Phil Upchurch on guitar, Patrick Wesson on piano, organ, and Celeste. Do you know what a Celeste is? Nope. Uh, Celeste is a struck idiophone operated by a keyboard. It looks similar to an upright piano, albeit with smaller keys and a much smaller size cabinet. The keys connect to hammers that strike the graduate. Okay, that's really way too much information. Ooh, it's kind of like that. Okay, yeah, so it's like a weird, weird piano. It's like a weird piano. Remember that one thing I did that one episode where it was like a piano that was attached to a bell tower? I yeah. I don't the name of it, but that was fun. That was cool. Ring them bells. Great episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that stuff later. Who knows? Uh, and then I want to shout out, and I was going to do this later, but I'm just going to do it now. The choir in this. Oh, yeah, The great. choir is incredible. Uh, that's Amanda Barrett, Bill Cantos, Randy Crenshaw, Abby DeWald, Nikki Eva Emery, Walt Hera, and Robert Joyce. Way to go, guys. I can't think of another time that Bob Dylan was singing. He's either singing with Joan Baez or you have the gospel singers in the 80s behind him sort of mimicking what he's saying, sort of adding emphasis. This was so much fun to have this old man singing along with these young people and they're just trading with one another. They're not – he's not singing and then we're overdubbing them. Like they are playfully singing together. It is adorable. Yeah. I mean it is infectious and I love it. I had no idea that I was going to like this so much. I listened to this when it first came out, you know, seven, eight years ago and I hated it because I was dumb. All right, Kelly, I think the only way to really do this is to just break it down. So this follows our playlist. I think we'll go over it pretty quickly. We'll talk about all the songs. These songs are famous. I mean, I think everybody who has been in a department store or has just, like, been alive. At least in America. In America, of course. But also in the Philippines, do you know they started doing Christmas in fucking September? I do, because I was there in September, and there were Christmas trees and shit in the mall. So we're fine everywhere. Hello, (laughs) Philippines. Enjoy our Christmas on Christmas time. It's going to be great. Here comes Santa Claus. It's a little jarring when you first start. I'm going to be honest. Um, do you hear the first, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus. Lawn. He doesn't do it again. He doesn't do it consistently. It's not Lauren every time, but that first one. Lawn. Yeah. Interesting. I. It's just so charming. It's fun. 
I wrote, I wrote, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, like I said, I can't remember the last time that somebody has co-vocaled with him. And it, it was really it, good on them for putting it right at the forefront. It sort of alleviates a lot of weirdness. I think the, the one main through that I have on this record is that the religious stuff isn't as good as the fun, jingly, jangly Christmas Santa oh, music. For sure. Oh, I need to do a disclaimer. I'm really beholden to my childhood Christmas classics. So most of these are your Christmas classics. Yeah, so this is an uphill battle for Bob Dylan. <laughs> so me saying it's fine is like, it, it's fine. I just like, the fact that being Crosby's right after it and like yeah. that's my that's my Christmas that's childhood, that's what's happening. It's like you don't see. So chance. why don't you tell me how great Bing Crosby's Here Comes Santa Claus is? It's great. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't – it's hard to elaborate because there's not a whole lot of depth. There's only so much we can yeah. go into. No, no, there, fun... there, but there doesn't need to be depth. Yeah. It's it's so good. And the Andrews sisters, out of nowhere, again, without this podcast, I wouldn't have put two and two together. Andrews sisters, I ride and die for. Yeah, they're great. They're great. But I wouldn't know who they are if we didn't do this podcast. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. the fact that they did an album together – in 1945, I mean, I, I guess Bing, uh, Bing had done uh, in 45, but they had extra record. I don't actually know what this is because, like, a lot of these famous ones, they got recorded over and over oh, yeah. and over again. And as far as I understand it, uh, when the LP became a thing, because this was recorded in 45, when the LP became a thing, they were able to put the Andrew Sisters versions with him on it. He's got a bag that is filled with toys for the boys and girls again. Hear those sleigh bells jingle jangle, what a beautiful sight. Jump in bed, cover up your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight, tonight. Santa Claus comes tonight. Happy days, Happy times. to the bells and chime as Santa, Santa Claus comes your way today. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor, for he loves you just Especially now, because people will just keep buying it. It's like the right. early 60s, and everybody knows these are like the classics. Even then, they were the classics. Yeah. Like, that's... You may, we gotta tear that's them what, down. That's what it is. It's like, that's the standard. Like, for me, that song will be Bing Crosby, or it's most Crosby. of these songs will be. Yeah, that's like, fair. It's tough. So, do you hear what I hear? Uh, boring. <laughs> I quote unquote but, fine. But yeah, that's not Bob's fault. This song is just like inherently. I didn't know this was written as a plea for peace during the the Cuban Missile Crisis. No shit. Yeah. Well, that's a different level, right? I looked up all of these to see when they were because I was like, "Good for you." Yeah. What? What are? That's why the forty five. I was like, "When did? When were these written? When are we creating these like things that are so entrenched for people like us growing up in the in the nineties? You know, born in the eighties, grow, growing up in the nineties." These feel like they're just part of the culture. There's no going back on it. Uh, and this is where the Glass Knights and the Pips. So we, we chose their version for Do You Hear What I Hear. She is going off onto another planet. She got on a spaceship. She traveled to Mars. She's singing for Martians. It's like hers better. No, no. It's fantastic. But it, it didn't feel like Christmas. It felt like she was just an incredible vocalist taking whatever word she was given in front of her and flexing. That's what this was. It didn't feel Christmassy to me at all. Disclaimer part bit. two. <laughs> when I was a kid, we listened to like three Christmas albums. It was Bing Crosby's Christmas, Dolly Parton's Christmas. Oh, yeah. And then another one I can't remember. Oh, probably Chipmunk's Christmas. Oh, nice. So like 
these inform my entire everything. So if it's not one of those three things, <laughs> it's probably shit. It's just like I have. It's it just became a like a canonical yeah idea, and that that's it. This that's these fair. these are Christmas songs. Yeah. So even like everybody's Night, just uh, parodying Bing Crosby. Yeah, looks. exactly. Like that or the Chipmunks. Yeah. The Chipmunks did it better. <laughs> now I'm sorry we didn't put Chipmunks on our playlist. Well, I almost did, and I thought that was stupid, and then I now I didn't know it's that. Okay, you got me in the end. We'll get to there. We will. It's amazing. But yeah, Gladys, way to go. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I'll, I will give her that. Uh, okay, Winter Wonderland. I like the girls singing on this. Right? I highlighted this like one this. because there's about three songs that three yeah three songs that I really really liked yeah. on this album just as Bob doing it and this was one of them right sleigh bells ring are you listening in the legend snow is glistening a beautiful sight we're happy tonight walking in a winter wonderland on a way is a bluebird in his place uh, the slide guitar and the violin, which yeah. are carried throughout the album, are really, they fit really well for this particular song, I feel this like. This is where I started feeling, though, exactly that, where, like, the instrumentation was starting to not be overbearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not, um, it was... Yeah, being playful. It was taking little elements that were over here, and then you would sort of bring it over here. That slide guitar is one that carries. Even the mandolin shows up in little spots throughout. It's just great. It feels like a cohesive whole, which I think most Christmas albums don't. They just feel like a collection of songs that they recorded to get money. This almost feels like they sat down and, like, recorded it together. Because those those sounds keep going through the whole album. Absolutely. But, yeah, this was the first arrangement that it seemed to make the most sense, I guess. Yeah. For the, for the, the song's song. also really silly. I, I think Dylan being silly, we can laugh at Wiggle Wiggle. I think that that's kind of the worst. The maybe we'll love it. Maybe we'll love Wiggle Wiggle. You know what I mean? Like I like Wiggle. I like Silly Bob. I mean, we watched the music video for Must Be Santa, which we'll get to. Probably my highlight on this entire thing. It's fantastic. But I like him being silly. I like in this to like. If we were watching a movie, it would be like a weird neighbor coming out to do like a song and dance with like. Some like neighbor kids because that's like the girl singing, and he's just the weird, creepy neighbor who's just singing a song, <laughs> but like trying to teach the kids about something because he's got like a dark past and he's sad himself. It's but, really fun, yeah. It, but it's it sounds like an old man singing about his past, yeah. And he's reflecting on something that the kids don't understand, well, so they away. see it as something weird. They're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Why is this old man singing? But you can feel. I don't know. It's weird. I felt something. I felt yeah. something. I'm glad we agreed. This from was, Bob. This yeah. Was and then uh, the the Chet Baker? So I chose Chet Baker only because um, I wanted to hear what it would be like for something other than, you know, Gladys Knight. Yeah. I was like, okay. So this was a, you know, free, a cool jazz version right. of it. And you could tell it. I could hear it lingering back there. I don't get it. See, but this was interesting for me because I prefer jazzy Christmas. I prefer actually piano heavy, uh, no vocals Christmas music to anything else. Um, but I didn't super like this. Okay, I thought the the arrangement was weird because the tempo was so fast. It was, and it was like, but you, you really could had, hear it. Oh, it was definitely yeah. there, but it was like just coincidental. It was there almost. Uh, you're 100. percent It's yeah. like the first 44 seconds. It's like, hello, this is the song, and then we're going to go off and solo for five minutes. See ya. Yeah, I'm so particular about jazz yeah. because I don't really like super duper. 
instrumental or you're just not cool. improv- that's really yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> hyper improvisational experimental jazz is not my my thing and this yeah. is like a little too far towards that it's not really that way but no. it's just a little too far on the dial for me yeah i just liked it because it was a nice little break it was cool it was a good pick which takes us to hark the herald angels sing so this song was actually in 1840 it became a carol oh. but it was actually written in 1739 as a God poem damn. i know uh, Bob Dylan, this is probably the first one that was like, nope, not a fan. Um, uh, his voice is hard for this one. It's just not really suited for these weird sustained notes. Yeah, this is where I was like, I like I like Bob singing about Santa, not Jesus. This yeah. is this is better. Um, which then gets us, we, I, I put two covers on here. One was Bad Religion. Fucking great. What? I, we didn't like it? I no, no, it was, it was great. It was yeah. ridiculous. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Because it's bad religion and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but And also another thing, 100% of the proceeds, they gave 20% of the proceeds uh, from this EP, this Christmas song EP, to SNAP, which is the Survivor's Network for those abused by priests. Ooh. So bad religion being bad religion, which yeah. I do appreciate right there. And I think that's a that's a worthy thing to raise money for. And also sticking it to sort of that generic idea of Christmas where – you know, you just fall back on laurels instead mm-hmm. of actually advancing, you know, true feelings and empathy for other Good people. For yeah, I agree. So I really – I liked it. I feel weirdly mixed listening to it. I would rather listen to that one than Bob Dylan's version. I Okay. Me too. <laughs> but I would rather listen to Sufjan's version. Yeah, for sure. That was so cute. Yeah. It's Sufjan Stevens' version of the song is very cute. Yeah. So he's released two things. So this will be our big time to talk about Sufjan. So he released Songs for Christmas as a whole in, tw- in 2006 and released Silver and Gold in 2012. The collection of those two as a whole are basically six years. I mean, he he would create a, a, a tiny EP for his family and friends. That was his Christmas gift to them, starting all the way back in like 2002. So when you start listening to Songs for Christmas, you're listening to songs from back then. So if you listen to that with the records as they kind of coincide, you can certainly hear the influence of the banjo when he's doing Seven Swans. You can hear... Uh, the cheerleaders come in when he's doing Illinois, and then and then the excess of Christmas when he's doing uh, um, when he's in Age of Odds and he's doing thirteen minute long versions of songs. Mm-hmm. You start to understand. Okay, th- this is where it's slowly petering out. So I don't know if he's still doing it. I wouldn't be shocked if he is. He's just not releasing them. But I wouldn't be shocked in a couple of years from now he drops something else. Yeah. But yeah, it was really I like this version. It was a nice. It wasn't a seven. 10 minute song <laughs> I just love that weird like slidey flute that yeah. So I'll Be Home for Christmas is the next one. This was actually sung from the point of view of a soldier stationed overseas during World War II. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Uh, he's writing a letter to his family. And then after, which I do appreciate, after the writer's death, uh, his, his name was Gannon. Last name was Gannon. I didn't write it all. Like from Zelda? Or like Rich Gannon, who used to play for the Oakland Raiders. Oh. Um, after his death in 1974, he left the royalty rights for the American Heart Association. So every time somebody plays this, a royalty goes... Right to the American Heart Association, yes. which I did look for every other song. And not to say that it's not happening with the rest of the songs, but this was the only one that was uh, on a quick search on Wikipedia. So 
again, this is the thing about Christmas. I think Christmas should be something where you give and you let other people, you give for other people, not for your own benefit. And I think that's why some of these songs suck because all I hear is money, 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 money for them, for them, for them, for them. Hey, I'm still relevant. Yeah. I'm still a person. And so I really appreciate, A, that that is the way that that is. So anybody who plays this. And it's a famous song. I'll be home for Christmas. That's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they make tons and tons of money every year. That's so great. Uh, Dylan and the Piano, uh, I, I don't care for on this record. But I love it when everybody joins in. And I wish they did it right away instead of like a minute into it. He's at maximum croon in this one, I feel like, out of all the other songs. Well, and listening to Triplicate, I'm glad that we've done that. Because mm-hmm. now you can start to see where... We're slow. This is 2009, so we're slowly dipping into uh, to Croonville. Which I don't hate. This song's no. fine. No, you, well, you love Triplicate. Yeah. So I, I bet you do. So John Prine, have you listened to any John Prine? Or no, but okay. it was a sweet song. I mean, he sounds very. I like the whistling. Buddy Holly era. Yeah, I think a lot of people compared John Prine in '69. I think. 68, 69, when his first record came out, to Bob Dylan being the next Dylan. And his first record, I think, is still one of, like, God, so good. So many great songs. We'll have to listen to John Prine at some point. Because he's really great. Very funny. Hmm. Which I, Bob Dylan, I think, could be very funny. We listen to I Shall Be Free. I mean, there's humor there. I think Bob is a humorous guy. But I think John Prine is, like, uproariously funny. And very satirical, where Bob doesn't always get satirical. Especially in his later years once he gets past yeah. the – yeah. But John, I think, continually has that edge, which I think people probably who wanted that from Bob found in John Prine and probably have a an affinity for, for John Prine. Like my parents love John Prine. Hmm. Lots of parents that I know love John Prine, yeah, probably I've, for that reason. Not – wow. Well, yeah. I've never heard the name. One of the classics, Little Drummer Boy. Yeah. I like this version. I like Dylan's. I like uh, <laughs> I like the distance of the drums, mm-hmm. being in the background and being real drums. I appreciate it and being part of the song, not like a weird added on layered texture of the drums. You know, to do the to do the bump 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 part. Snare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like this song as a rule, like Christmas standards wise. It's just really boring. But that made me like Bob's a lot more because it, it didn't hate it. Like this, like I'm, the fact that this is not one of my favorite Christmas songs, and he made me like it. It, it was one of my highlighted ones. It's that's one good. of the best ones on the album. I'm with you. I think this song is really dumb, and Bob's version was nice. And yeah. I think when you when you pair that with Destiny's Child, oh, that really highlights how shitty this song really is, mm-hmm. and how much you kind of have to work to like make it a to little make bit it, interesting. Yeah, because it is just really simple, which I think is okay as like a standard for a song. And almost like – it's almost like a challenge. You know, Can you make this song that's not really that good? Good. I think Bob succeeded. I kind of liked listening to it. Yeah. Destiny's Child, it's weird because with Bob, we've talked a lot about the idea that you go back in the past. It feels like you're in like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went back to the Big Bang when I was listening to <laughs> the Destiny Child. Destiny's Child. It <laughs> felt like I have just – I've aged – like I did kind of feel like I turned years. inside out somehow. Like I reached into the past and just like pulled my body inside out. Yeah. It's really bad. And I like Destiny's Child. Yeah, me too. Right, Especially at the time. But this, this is a cash is grab. Bad. This oh, is yeah. a cash grab. It's so bad. It's it like feels you can like. you hear the money. <laughs> well, it feels like Beyonce and Kelly and them just have their mouth filled and they're like. There's so much cash in I can't. Like, what is even the point of any of this? Yeah. Like, and there was no. 
cool drum pump pump pump. There's no drums at all. This is all electronic. The second that the piano start, the same thing happened to me with Christina Aguilera. I just felt like I was back in 2000, which to me feels like the Big Bang. It feels like time didn't even exist then. I don't even yeah. understand. It was rough. It was incredibly, incredibly hard. The beat, the bass, the record scratches, you know. I mean, I wrote here that it made me feel more like Seven Curses uh, because it, it felt like I was in 1840s. <laughs> I thought you meant more like you were wishing curses had been visited. Oh, God. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But no, it's a weird choice to do as Destiny's Child. Bob but they do it because that. it's like just the thing you have to do. Oh. That's what makes it so pathetic. Listener question. Oh, yeah. So my girlfriend plays this game every year where she tries to not hear the song Little Drummer Boy through the Christmas season. And if she hears it, she loses. Oh, I failed. Uh, I mean, we obviously, yes. But I've never heard of that before. That's amazing. Um, so if anyone else plays the Little Drummer Boy game, yeah. let us know. Also, don't listen to our playlist. Or just skip that song. Listen to our playlist for sure. But Yeah. Well, if you're playing the game, you should know better. Don't... Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. She got really mad at me last year <laughs> because I was just putting on a random Spotify list and I wasn't double checking and oh. I made her lose. There's like almost no way to do that. I mean, she's, she wins a lot. If you made your own playlist, you could take them all off. For sure. Unfortunately, if you listen to ours, you can't take them off. So you have to sit Skip through it. it. So, or, or you could literally highlight all of our things and move them to your own Spotify. You list. have options. I'm just saying. Let us know on Twitter or anywhere, anywhere. if I've, you play the Little Drummer Boy I've never game, heard Or if you've even heard of it, because I had not. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. The Christmas Blues. This is a song I don't know if I've ever heard before. I don't think so either. And as someone who likes Christmas music, yeah. I was surprised that I hadn't heard this one. I even – so there's a couple songs that I was like, I think these might be original Bob Dylan songs because I've never heard them. And what I'm a t- sham of a Christmas concert. That's true. Because this is well, you also did the least amount of work, but also like you, you, you went into your head more than instead of just typing it into Spotify, you would have found literally a thousand. Yeah, I just reached in my personal past Christmas. Really appreciate. Boom! I'm gonna throw this out there, but I was like, oh, that doesn't register. I know about Blue Christmas though. Blue Christmas. So Bob's versions, I liked actually of this Christmas blues song that this I never heard. This was one of my favorites because this is a blues band doing the Christmas blues. I've done my window shopping. There's not a store I miss. But what's the use of stopping when there's no one on your list? You'll know the way I'm feeling when you love and you the Lumineer song, the Blue Christmas that you thought, um, I just wrote it was nice and it was safe. Yeah, so Blue Christmas is like an Elvis song. Okay. It will always, to me, be an Elvis song, whether or not he did it first. Yeah. Um, but then when I was, and I was going to put the Elvis version, I was like, oh, let me see if anybody else has done it. So I just kind of wanted to listen to Lumineer's version. And it was super safe, but it was yeah. sweet and I liked it. Yeah, well, they sound great. I mean, yeah. there's no... But for, for Christmas Blues, Dean Martin was Dean willing Martin. to put on there. And great. He gets I it. said, eh. Yeah, I said it was the exact length as Bob Dylan's version. 255, oh, no exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, but like I said, I'd rather listen to an actual blues version instead of mm-hmm. the weird swing. You know, the, every Dean Martin song sounds the same. It's got the swing band. And that's fine. This is a blues song. Switch it up a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this right. Uh, oh, come all ye faithful. Classic. Of course. No, no, no Latin Bob. No. 
I actually didn't know anything about this Latin, the Adeste Fidelis. I, me either. I'd never heard a song. So when this he started going, of a song with Latin in it. Yeah, when he started going, I was like, "This is dope." I'm, I'm on the ride. Like I'm on the ride, and then I realized, oh, okay, this is a this is a thing. The arrangement was okay. His voice was really bad in this one for me, and I really didn't like the Latin. It threw me off. Yeah, pentatonics, nutso. So I watched yeah. them last year. People were losing their minds in the office that I work in, and they were like, "You've got to watch them do this live." Not this, this song. song specifically. I don't yeah. think so, but just the Christmas song because they're a thing. They do Christmas, oh, a Christmas album yeah. every fucking year. Um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> like seeing them do it live. Was it's cool because acapella is like it's it's crazy. Listening it's crazy to, to that, get that those people's sounds. voices. Yeah, wild. This song specifically, though, I did not like. It felt like weirdly appropriative and just like not cool. I didn't like. I don't. I don't care for it. Like that. I want that to be clear. I would never listen to this. Yeah, me because I'm not interested in it. Seeing them do it is fascinating. Yeah, this song is better even with human beings playing music instruments that's better (laughs) yeah otherwise i don't it was cool i i enjoyed the the beatboxing whatever they were doing with their throats i don't understand how they make the noises they made i I find yeah the bass the guys with the voices how do you do that and also to project that Mm -hmm. i have no idea have yourself a merry little christmas so I thought this was the worst vocal performance from Bob. I said, forgot all about it after it was done. <laughs> don't, However, I don't even remember it. I like the arrangement. So this was on my almost the best. Like despite – if Bob's voice wasn't so oh. rough on this one for me. No, I do remember There's it. like tremolo guitar in uh-huh. it and it's like – it's really cool. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light Next year All our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas And so then we this is uh this is where Christina Aguilera shows Ooh. up so I said, eh. Yeah, not good. Overwrought, for sure. Incredibly overwrought. And then I also, like, I thought the choice at the end of not belting it out was so predictable in the same way that belting it out would have been, which I understand it's a rock and a hard place. But when she didn't belt it out, I was offended. <laughs> like, when she let the song slowly die, I was pissed. <laughs> but if she sang it loud, I would have been like, class night all over again. Fuck it. <laughs> So it's a lose. It's a lose lose for uh, for all, anybody trying to make money off of Christmas songs. You so. can skip it. Yeah, just skip the fuck out of it. Yeah. Must be Santa, the crown jewel. I think Best of this entire song, song on the album. If you've never seen the music video, go watch it. Right it now. is just a gem. Bob and Dylan hangs out with someone Santa. Explain that wig. The to wig. Me. The wig decision is crazy. Two thousand nine was a weird place. Obama just got elected. Yeah. Who knows? I mean. Maybe we were all wearing wigs back then. I Damn. don't. Do you remember 2009? I don't. I don't. Accordion time. That's all I got to say. This accordion is dope as shit. Now, I want, also want to say 2009 was also a year that Bob Dylan released an original record called Together Through Life. And every song on it has this heavy accordion vibe to it. Hmm. But a lot of people hated it. I, 
I want I want to believe that he just put this on here with the heavy accordion as a fuck you to everyone else <laughs> because I like the accordion. I mean, it gets a little hard to listen to for like seven minutes long. Like, okay, it's fine, but I really liked it. This song was great. Um, the accordion was fantastic. Um, I really love how fun it is, and the song itself is a um, it's a German drinking song, a cumulative narrative. Oh, so it's a it's right, one right. that builds on itself. I talked about that in one of our episodes with a really long poem. Like, here's the the farmer with the something, something. Uh-huh. Do you remember that vaguely? And then you read it at the very end. Yeah, it was the whole thing, yeah. Wow. With the hole in the bag and the cat and the dog and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We've done so many episodes. We've now. learned so much. We've learned so much. I know. So this is a cumulative narrative. I think that And a call and response. Yeah. And I think, like, low-key, it's also one of those moments where the band is – like top notch because their ability to bend those like because you know you're playing like four four you're just playing a simple thing when when you're going longer for a verse it messes up the entire rhythm right and so when the band is able to account for that extra still keep that time and just keep mm-hmm. it tight and be able to account that the other side has to be less i mean it's like a simple thing but it they don't jam it in they don't make it weird like it is so seamless, flawless, fun, fabulous, fantastic, far out. I'm gonna keep going. Fandango. I got <laughs> fun. I didn't say fun. You did. You said fun first. <laughs> oh, I did. I said fun first. This is uh, this is this is the best. It's got me. Who's got a big red cherry nose? Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Cap on head. Suit that's red. Special night. So nope. I was like, well, Santa Claus is coming to town. It's pretty close to that. So that's why I put the Jackson 5, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs, too. Yeah, that's, like, that's fair. Fantastic. And then you ruined the entire playlist by putting a fucking Pokemon version of this song, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> so that's why we don't have the chipmunks, because we have this instead. And I wish we were living in a chipmunk world. That's all I had to say about that. That Pokemon version is dope. Oh, my God. It is It is actually probably the best version of it because it is so crystal clear. And oh, it, doesn't, very well. it doesn't fuck around. The allocution is like... Awkward. You don't have to imagine a man with a wig running around with Santa. There's no questioning the narrative here. You know what? There's what's also happening. no questioning that it's clearly Ash, Brock, and Misty OG for life. Is that a Pokemon thing? That's all three. Of, that's the original three I don't, that are. I in don't the... know what that. Ash is the main guy, right? I know that. And his friends, Misty with the orange hair, and Brock, the guy that can't open his eyes. No, who has that. the red hat? Ash. Okay, then I don't know anybody else. Dear God, Pikachu. Okay, let's move on. So, what exactly is a Pokemon? 
cute, cuddly characters who become supercharged so they can fight their enemies. But some experts say the entire Pokemon phenomenon is the enemy. In my opinion, parents should not let their kids watch Pokemon, play Pokemon, buy Pokemon cards, have anything whatsoever to do with Pokemon because the message is violence. The best part about this, and I think with any Bob Dylan thing, is that there's not a lot of analysis about these Christmas songs because they're fucking Christmas songs. But there is analysis about this. So people were questioning what's going on here. And if you do listen to it, the call and response gets to darker places yeah. where you're starting oh, oh, to hear. Oh, Jerry knows. And then suddenly we have. But then it's like Ronald Reagan, George Bush, mm-hmm. Clinton, Hitler. Like we're throwing some names out there. So I like Michael Sheridan's. He had a little take on it in, a, in an article that he wrote for the New York Daily News. He said, quote, it's sort of unclear if Dylan was aiming to celebrate the holiday or gently poke fun at the music's Norman Rockwell-esque simplicity. And I kind of like that. I like the idea of Bob Dylan sort of getting in the hornet's nest and sort of in a, in a, in a playful way playing with, again, the Gladys Knights, the Whitney Houstons, Mariah Carey's, Christina Aguilera's, the people who just make this so generic – and, and not fun. And it's almost like poking fun at that simplicity. Because there's nothing more simple than fucking Christina Aguilera singing you a Christmas song. Yeah. That's about as dumb and watered down as you can possibly get. So it's fun when he's just losing his mind. That song just starts out like a fucking punk record. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's straight up polka. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I, I, I think that's true for this song for sure. But I think the rest are straight across. I think they're legit and they're earnest. They are. Just yeah. the way that... Uh, triplicate was yeah um, and there's a quote about bob dylan being questioned about this specifically with bill flanagan who he did talk to with uh, triplicate if you remember maybe i'll bring it back let's bring back uh, superman bob batman, batman bob, bob. <clears throat> let's bring back batman bob <laughs> <clears throat> critics like that are on the outside looking in they're definitely not fans <laughs> or the audience that i play to they would have no gut level in her they would have no gut level understanding of me or my work what I can or what I can't do. Scope of it all. Even at this point in time, they still don't know what to make of me. I just thought that was... <clears throat> Welcome back, Batman Bob, yes. first off. But I thought that was so perfect, again, with my, my tertiary knowledge. But I'm getting a clearer picture yeah. every time we do this of, of Bob Dylan as a person, as clear as one can get. Yes. And I, I thought that was so perfect of, even after all this time, they still don't know what I'm about. They still don't know me. 2009. They'll never I mean, know me. He's only released one other album since then. <laughs> I mean, real album. And yeah. yeah, it's kind of fascinating. 40 albums in and people still like get up in arms. I mean, I, I'm certainly guilty of this. I think I have my own biases too where I think that this is going to be terrible. And then you're like, man, if you actually like sit down with it for a minute, you might not like it in the end, but there are merits to all of this. And maybe Absolutely. there's merits to everything that we do and that we're all just being kind of assholes for no reason. Boom, mind blown. Right? You know what I mean? So. Put down your preconceived notions. Yes. I just listened to this Christmas album. Like I said, didn't hate it. I didn't hate it even from the gate. So no. there we go. And Must Be Santa is just the greatest song ever. Oh, and this and is so good. Speaking of Triplicate, I, that, I believe that this is an earnest attempt because of that. Because yeah. when you coming from your perspective and you like him doing these these songs, these Frank Sinatra covers and all these things, and, um, and then me having the revolution realization that like he really loves this music he's yeah. doing it because he loves it and i think that this is part of it he's like fuck yeah i like christmas music let's do this let's do this i mean he says so, that they're basically folk songs yeah. yeah so i played them straight i played them straight because 
these are part of my life. They're part of everyone's life. Why am I going to be Gladys Knight and go crazy on them? Yeah. You got to take them seriously. Like this is part of – this is a folk tradition. I like that. I've never thought of Christmas songs as folk tradition. But why aren't they? These songs were written in the 40s and the 50s, 60s like – or the 1700s. Yeah, like Why sure. can't they be folk songs? Incredible. Silver Bells. Voice is not that great. Originally going to be called Tinkle Bells. Oh, no. And then – well, we say oh, no now. The writer had no idea why that would be a bad idea until his wife said – Tinkle, really? Because that's like, you know what Tinkle is. He had no idea. So we're talking about, yeah, like 30s, 40s. But thankfully, it's Silver Bells, not Tinkle Bells, which would have been bad. Um, but it's nice. I Yeah, I didn't like his arrangement on this one for me because the, the slide guitar is still there. But I feel like this song, this song is like really solemn. In my mind, yeah. it's like a really melancholy, solemn song. And for the, the slide guitar just fucks it up. This arrangement just does not do it for me. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't have those notions because I said this song makes me feel like Christmas. Oh, this song nice. makes me feel like Christmas is coming. And I felt like um, that uh, Bob Dylan was singing as a ghost of Christmas past, TM, um, <laughs> singing, about child, singing about his childhood as an old man. So like his voice actually benefits the idea that he's singing about these really simple times that he's – no longer a part of or something you know so when he's singing about it all it's very simple language but he's not like young so you kind of dismiss it but him being an old man in this scenario hmm. works for me i'm like okay i feel like you're you're just i can see that you're a ghost and you're singing to your maybe younger self silver bells silver bells it's christmas time in version way more captures like the, the vibe of, that i feel the song should have and even though she's playing a ukulele it's like still really sad yeah and that's what i want from that song i said i like she and him i like this song <laughs> okay so this, the first noel yeah uh this is, the, this is an uphill battle moment for me i don't super love this song anyway and uh well i have a question for you then so the dolly pardon cover <laughs> oh yeah if we're just let's talk about the whole thing that <laughs> was absurd. I, love it. I feel like in in the context of the entire record, it makes more sense. I feel like she's telling a story. She's telling the a whole story. Album. Okay, yeah. it was bonkers because she's. Just, I, Here's my time to introduce this song, y'all. I'm gonna talk about when I was a baby girl and back in the church. And I was like, don't, don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five minutes long. A minute and a half of it is just talking, introducing it, and then it's quiet. Well, it. Yeah, and then oh. it was like it almost sounded like. We're just building up to it. Like a car is like driving in. It's like a whole teleplay. So many times in my life, I think back on the days of my childhood. Now, there were some very special times, but none were ever as special as the memories of Christmas in the Smoky Mountains. Well, I can close my eyes right now, and I can still see that little old country church just full of neighbors and family and friends. And I can still hear that little country preacher talking about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I remember how I used to love all those great old Christmas songs. 
I wasn't expecting that. So that was really weird. I mean, I like it as a as a concept album. Right. Dolly, thank you. But uh, as a as an individual cut, I was like, no, this, <laughs> this this does not work. But the song was okay. It was okay. Sorry to kill your entire. No, no, no. Trauma. I just like I'm beholden to <laughs> to the Dolly Parton Christmas. I have to do it. Yeah. I didn't. I, th- that part was fine. I, I. It makes me honestly want to listen to the whole thing, but I don't. I don't. I'm not going to. Yeah, that like just hearing her sing songs. I'm like, I'm six years old and I'm baking cookies with my mom, and it's just like the whole vibe. Yeah, you have to nice. do it. See, that's nice. Yeah. Christmas Island. Also, didn't know that was a song. But you've got some Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> some Hawaii love. If you go back to the very first episode. You can hear the waves. You can. You remember the waves? The waves of We were Hawaii. pretending that you were in Hawaii. It was great. I mean, I was in Hawaii also, when I was listening to the song, to be fair. pretending like anybody believed that. Yeah, no, that okay. wasn't real. So uh, I, I did not – I've never heard the song in my life. I had no idea what this was. Neither. Didn't know this was a song. I really liked it. The steel guitar gave it instantly. I mean, generic, doesn't matter what it is, took me right to the islands. That, <laughs> that steel guitar, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, All right, yeah. we are just chilling out here. Okay, let me get the Beach Boys on. Let me take it on my Hawaiian shirt. We're good. It's really fun, and the Andrew Sisters version was great. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah. I prefer that one, but um. and, and that's and I guess I guess we'll add them to the multiples because they were obviously the first song as well. Well, it was mostly Bing, right? But I didn't realize it was from the same record, so it was both of them. But they deserve it because God, that that record's got to be fucking great. They have been Crosby and the Andrew Sisters. Come on, that's so good. Uh, but Dylan's is great. I mean, it's like that instrumentation is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes out. It's so good. Um, and then Seth MacFarlane, you chose this because you didn't know Christmas yeah, Island was a song. Yeah, I didn't know Christmas song. Island was a song. So I was thinking about Island Christmas, which Melikalikimaka is like, that's the one because yeah. that's Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas. And so this is where um, I realized that I hate Christmas music on a, on a, on a different level than I thought. <laughs> Not – no, no. Let me explain. I really love this song. The song is fantastic. He's a great singer. Oh, he's Everything like is such fine. a classic lounge singer. It's ridiculous. I hate the way that we talk about Christmas music. This record is considered, Bob Dylan's record, is one of the worst Christmas albums ever. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean... I wouldn't say that. People don't listen to it. Seth MacFarlane's Christmas record is considered one of the best one of the worst, I'm sorry. One of the worst Christmas what? albums ever made. Yes. How? Because people are so stupid that they can't separate, separate him. him from the dog. Family Guy? The dog on Family Guy. Brian? Brian. Yeah. They can't separate that. So they thought it was a root. Every like list was... I've ever seen has put has put Bob Dylan's record and Seth MacFarlane's record as the worst. That's fucking garbage. I've listened every year since this has come out, I've listened to it because this is a fucking great Christmas album. That's what I'm saying. So I think that there's, again, that preference for the Bings, the Deans, the, not even the Andrew sisters. We're not even going to give them any shrift. Fuck them. They're just incidental. That's it's, so stupid. That's what I'm saying. This, this, fuck this. We need to tear down Christmas in America. You know what? Fox News, there actually was a war on Christmas, but it was a war on Christmas music. Yeah. And we're going to start this over because fuck that. Like, he is a great singer. He's absolutely a great singer. And it's, uh, the instrumentation's great. It's, uh, if, it's I perfect. I mean, I get it. Separating art from artists, like, that's the whole thing. But he's a fantastic fucking singer. And that Christmas He's also singing like wonderful. fucking Bing Crosby. Like, get out of here. He's not singing it like a family guy. 
like overwrought, uh, hilarious. Even, even in Family Guy, he has a no, beautiful no. fucking. No, I voice. know, but like, but there's nothing. There's nothing but earnestness to I what think he's so. doing. Here. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's really surprising. I don't know how. That's anyone... where I turned on everything, and I was like, I've been seeing this wrong the entire time. Bob Dylan and Seth MacFarlane are allied in this war against the Gladys Knights, Christina Aguilera's, Whitney Houston's, and Mariah Carey's of the world. Yeah. And that is now how I see it. And poor Bing and Frank and Elvis, they're just caught in the middle. But they need to choose sides. That's the reality right now. Elvis, come back to life. Yeah, come back. And pick a side. I'm so flabbergasted because I'm pretty sure I played that Seth MacFarlane album oh. for my mom. Yeah. And she's like, this is great. Yeah. Because, well, like, because she she's has, not she she's a normal the person, yeah. I know, who listens to it and isn't like, when's Peter coming? Yeah. And that just it's tells so me, like, but that's what I mean. Like, when you are when you have Christmas music, you are appealing to the absolute masses. Like, mm-hmm. in theory, everyone listens to this Well, garbage. that's what's it's like blowing my mind because this is the most mainstream, I feel like. This is, the, like, the straightest you can play Christmas so how Bob? anyone would no no oh, the, Seth the Seth MacFarlane um like so how you could be pissed with that I don't know I mean, Bob Bob's I can too. get it <laughs> what? no no his is definitely different but like yeah. Seth MacFarlane's is very traditional very traditional man I'm heated I know well I got heated too <laughs> when I saw that I I felt offended and I've never listened to Seth MacFarlane in my entire <laughs> life but I realized the game the jig was up and I realized that the fix is in the man. fix is in <laughs> so I was uh, I was instantly against it all right let's move on to the Christmas song. We'll continue back on these thoughts at the end. But it's my second favorite song of all not, – not Bob's version, but just like of all Christmas music. Really? This is the only one, that Nat King Cole version, was the only one that I have legitimately heard probably every single year of my entire life. Yeah. That is one of the most definitive Christmas songs in Absolutely. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and so I put it on there and I was like, yeah, I'll probably hit it. That's fucking great. Yeah. It's fucking good. Absolutely. Yeah. Bob's version was fine. Um, I didn't know that the chestnuts were roasting on an open fire. I didn't realize – that that was the Christmas song. So when I heard this, I was like, never heard the song. And then you sang Chestnuts. I was like, oh. Because it's a weird okay. name. Like, that's fucking brazen to call your, your song the Christmas song. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of badass. Parentheses, Chestnuts. Chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nat, I mean, Nat King Cole, that's his song. I mean, it will never not be his song. Yeah, it's pretty definitive. But then let's talk about Little Town the Bethlehem? Vince Guaraldi trio. Oh, yeah. Put it on there. Yeah. Um, I, did I do that or did you do that? No, you did that. Really? I didn't know. Weird. Like, I wouldn't have looked up Charlie Brown Christmas. I didn't even think about it. Oh, yeah. So, um, Vince Guardi Trio, they um, do my favorite Christmas song of all time, um, which is the Christmas Time is Here. Okay. Um, it's a piano. There, there's a vocal version of it in the Christmas Peanuts um, where they, the kids oh. sing, but I like the non-vocal version. That's my absolute favorite. Yeah. Um, Christmas song it's because great. it's sad. It's a melancholy Christmas song, and I'm like super into that. Those are the best ones. Um, so I did like their they make version. You think, yeah, they make you reflective. Not... Yeah, it just makes you want to be by a fire, like drinking scotch, and just like I don't know, just being introspective. And, yeah, and you want like I a am. nice person singing like a soft song instead of Christina Aguilera flexing in your face, screaming in your face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do like their version of the Christmas song, but I think Nat Nat Cole's gonna take yeah. it for the win. Bob's is great, though. But any instrumental is probably – it has the more uphill battle. Like with this, it's very connected to Charlie Brown. If it wasn't – not that it wouldn't be a part of everything, but it would be less canonized than – like I know this song because I know Charlie Brown's Christmas. I know – I got the vibe. I can feel it. But yeah, you're right. I mean anytime you have a vocalist and a really good vocalist, Nat King Cole, mm. you're done. Like yeah. you're just going to crush crush the world. Uh, and then finally, the very last song, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. <sighs> What a bummer eh. to end on. Eh, <laughs> <Because> on both. 
Both of them sucked. Well, I felt like Bob was just like drunk scream singing into my face, and I don't know what I did He's to probably deserve done. that. He was done. He was done with the shit. Sinatra was just fine. Was... And, it, and it's nice that we ended on the Sinatra thing, just given his fucking... Pension for him. Whatever. <laughs> his obsession. Yeah. Um, yeah, eh, for both of them. That's kind of a bummer way to end it. This was one that I almost put Dolly Parton's version for instead, but just yeah. like I couldn't find it. Whatever. My next year but... we'll revise the entire thing. But, but when I hear this song, I hear her okay. singing it. Well, first. next year we'll put that on because I need this song to be redeemed because this song is by far my my least favorite. Period on any version. So because it's boring. Yeah. It is. All right, Kelly. Christmas is. Over. I mean, Christmas doesn't really end until January 1st, right? Okay, Christmas hey, starts let's... December 1st and ends January 1st. So this, so with, with, with Bob Dylan, I came around in the end. Yay, Christmas is the this. heart. It got it, into your heart. It got into my heart. So you wanted to bring up, I'm not, I'm. this is not on my radar, that artwork. Yeah. Did you, I mean, <laughs> did you have like a strong feeling about it or you loved it or you hated well, it? I mean, it's just, it's so bonkers that it's a Bob Dylan album it's because amazing. like that is a very classic Christmas image. I'm pretty sure I had an ornament that looked like that when I was a kid. Right. Like, where did he pull that from? It's great, though. It's, Isn't that, like, right perfect. on brand? That's, I mean, like, doing it right. It's Because he had that when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. like his rosebud. It's like we're doing totally. this, like, Citizen Kane shit. Like, all this stuff is just in Bob's psyche. He's bringing it out to us. Yeah. And it's wonderful. We should be thankful that we even get it. <laughs> yes. So one of my favorite reviews of this, just to bring it up. And this kind of ties into the whole season. So this is not episode 41. This is a new tradition. This is a Christmas special all to itself. But there is a website called uh, Tiny Mixtapes that did a review of Christmas in the Heart in 2009. It said, quote, on Christmas in the Heart, it's not the heat but the bitter cold, the kind you feel in northern Minnesota. Oh, my God. (laughs) There are traditional numbers, aged but not antiquated. In keeping with the release, like Good As I've Been To You, which we did listen to Little Maggie from, uh, and World Gone Wrong, the album features Dylan exercising, right? That's how, I mean, you can't say that any differently, yeah. exercising. Uh, the album features Dylan exercising the, mu- the musical spirits of the land. Some will rank it among other gimmick releases like Dylan and the Dead. Still others will categorize this as an oddity like Self Portrait, which we've listened to plenty of songs from. Uh, it's all and none of those. These songs are Dylan's latest exploits, and they're deathly sincere and jolly, as serious and as kitschy as a theme time radio hour. It's the music that introduces old Disney films, an album as dense and elusive as any of his other out- recent outings. I think that's a pretty great summation. I mean, because I, I want to put it with a silly thing like Dylan and the Dead, but I fucking love it. There you go. Because Dylan and the Dead is fucking terrible, and this is not Dylan and the Dead. You know why? Because the dead didn't show up. <laughs> See, I'm, I, just to emphasize, I'm a convert to this because it does not belabor the fucking point. Christmas is supposed to be Christmas. fun. Secret Well, you don't have to keep talking about it. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works when you're just like chill. You're chill about it. Yeah. You get some fucking sleigh bells going. That's what's up. Christmas music is meant to be listened to while you're ideally by a fire. With some fucking nog or some alcoholic beverage, and you're chill. It's not to have a party where you're raucous and rolling. Not to me. That's not. What it's also is. for me. Like I, I wrote it here, a nine minute. Do you see what I see from Sufjan? No. It's also not that. <laughs> I don't need that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it is. It is on both spectrums. You don't need either one of those. Yeah. You need someone just doing the fucking songs, man. 
doing it like themselves, like with some fucking personality. The personality isn't like the record scratches or the 90s piano. You, you as a person, you as a band, you are the personality. That's why Bad Religions was good. It was them. It was legitimately them doing it. I don't know. It's really hard. I think the the problem for me with Christmas music is that I'm not always same with Triplicate. I'm not the biggest fan of traditionals of doing um, standards. These are standards by all measures. Oh yeah. You know? I like originals, and there's not a whole lot of original Christmas music that I've come across that I've really enjoyed. Sufjan is obviously one of them. We put a couple of the tracks on there that I really really love. Chris Farren. Uh, of fake problems fame and Anarcho Vespucci yeah, yeah, fame, he he released a record called "Like a Gift from God" or whatever. A, it's a, it's a Christmas record, but it's, it's really all original out. music, yeah. yeah. And that's Jenny Owens Young. Shout out mm-hmm. to Buffy, and uh, and I want to give them shout outs because I think doing original Christmas music is admirable and tough. For a moment, I thought Bob had done them with those songs. Yeah. He didn't, yeah. but his takes on them are obviously like. Compared to what we were listening to, radical. They were radical takes compared to what we listened to. But I also really appreciate, like I said, with uh, Bad Religion giving money away, all the proceeds of Chris Farron's stuff uh, have gone to different charities since 2014 when it came out. So when it first came out, I think he gave one to a mental health um, charity. Last year, he gave it to uh, a charity called the Amputee Coalition. And this year, he gives it to Rain, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Cess National Network. So every year, he's just giving this record away. You pay what you will, and that money goes away. There is something to be said, regardless of like the super quality of something, of somebody creating a record of original music that benefits other people and helps other people. That should be something that you devote your time to, America, not listening to Mariah Carey for the 400,000th time. Give Mariah a goddamn break. She's fine. She's rich. <laughs> How about you help out other people that aren't as fortunate? Yeah. So listen to Bob Dylan, Feed America. Listen to Chris Farron. You know, you, you're you lucky enough to sit in an office and listen to Spotify. Great. Listen to it. Buy a record. Be good. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, Merry Christmas, Kelly. Merry Christmas, Dan. All right. Well, because I'm really full, been eating this whole time, Christmas since feast. November. <laughs> since November. <laughs> uh, we're going to come back tomorrow. Thought we could all fit this in on one episode like yeah. a dumbass. So we're going to be here tomorrow. Same time. Same place. Sure. We are going to just do a really quick overview of this last season. Sign of the Window presents Inside Baseball. Inside Baseball. We're, if you've ever thought about starting a podcast, if you've ever started about thought about um, what it takes, what you need to do, we're here for you. We want to talk you through it. Um, we started this as a weird project that came out of absolutely nowhere. And now we're on professional mics. We have mic stands. Guys, this is a legitimate enterprise. This is amazing. So we're going to be back tomorrow to talk about that. Stay tuned until next year. There could be more. There's going to be plenty more. We'll be back on Thursday and then we'll be back on Sunday. We're back so many times. We're going to be back so many times and then we're going to be back for season two. So join us tomorrow for Sound of the Window Presents Inside Baseball. Kelly, (laughs) Merry Christmas. Good night. Bye. Wait, isn't that like a children's book? To all a good night. Yeah, it's that famous poem. I heard Allah and Buddha were singing at the Savior's feast. And up in the sky, an Arabian rabbi met Quaker Oats to a priest. Pretty good. Not bad. They 
are just about the 